You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 19. Today, you're going to learn what it's like to be an actor in the entertainment industry. My guest today has been an actress for more than 20 years, and she is still crushing it in the game. She's also giving back to actors by opening up her own acting studio, where she helps children and adults reach their full potential. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are going to be talking to actress, writer, and director. She has made appearances on Full House and Father Figures with Ed Helms and Owen Wilson. Deborah Stipe, how are you doing this morning? I am doing fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I know. I have so many questions for you. Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, how did you get started in the industry? You bet. I am one of seven children. And I actually like to preface this because I feel like I work with students as well. I always feel like it's so important to share the fact that who you were as a kid usually plays out in life, right? And so because I had this big family, my favorite thing to do was say, come on, brothers and sisters, let's put on a show. So I grew up with, like, with this sort of constant cast at hand that we just love to put on shows in the living room for the neighbors. Um, but so then that went on kind of to my high school year. I, I did lots of theater in my high school, public high school. And then that's what I ended up majoring in in college. Uh, I went to school at Northwestern University, which is just uh, north of the city of Chicago. And so what was awesome about Northwestern is not only an amazing school known for very strong academics, but they had a very strong theater program as well as music program, but they also were half an hour from the city of Chicago. So some of my professors were actually professionals in the industry. So they were directing shows as well as teaching classes. So I actually was able to, you know, dip my toe in the water of the professional world even while I was in school. So I, I love that. So the transition from graduating from the university into the real acting world was so much smoother because of awesome professors and because of the city of Chicago. Um, so that's how I got my start really was Chicago doing professional theater as well as having a, a film and TV agent there in Chicago. It almost sounds like it was like a bit of a like almost like a networking thing too. Like you're getting training from these people who are in the industry already. And that kind of, you know, gets you a foot in the door. It actually really did. And I didn't really even necessarily think about that when I decided to go to Northwestern. Um, you know, I knew I would get a great education. But yeah, these these professors, they helped me get my actor's equity card. And of course, there was an audition process. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. But also, I would say, you know, I would I was seeing my peers going into the city, signing with agencies. So that was a real blessing, too, to see kind of the path of, you know, the next steps as an actor, um, seeing, you know, peers that were just a little bit older than me uh, making that transition. And how did you get an agent at such a young age? I would say because I had done some professional theater, that was definitely, you know, helped on the resume. I'm trying to even remember now if it was somebody that referred me. I remember meeting a number of agents in Chicago and then, you know, signing with Shirley Hamilton, who was very reputable. So I'm going to say that it was probably a referral. 
from probably one of my teachers, maybe one of my peers. But you know, they have a submission process just like happens today. Every agency is different. If you go on their website, there's always that little link that says, you know, submit. Um, you know, back in that day, it was probably a, a hard copy of a headshot and resume. Of course, now we can submit digitally, which I love. Uh, it's so much easier to share ma- your materials. Back then, you were like dropping off, you know, CDs of your video <laughs> because that was what we could do back then. I feel like it'd be interesting nowadays because everything is digital to go old school and maybe send like a VHS or CD <laughs> and just see, right. just see hey. if you get a reaction. Right? Hey, maybe that's what gets you in the door these days because it's. Uh... <laughs> I'm always telling people to find unique ways to get people's attention. And I don't know, I'm yes. just trying to think of like the agents, uh, like, you know, they get mail, I'm sure every day, and then they get a VHS tape and they're just like, what is this? Like, who has a VCR? <laughs> like, Exactly, exactly. How do I watch this thing? So you started in Chicago. Did you make it out, you know, for people who aren't in our industry, you know, it's either LA or New York. Did you make it to both? Or just one or the other, or I was debating between the two. I love Chicago, and the theater there in particular is really top notch. I had done a show at the Goodman Theater, uh, Marriott Lincolnshire, but I kind of just was itching to spread my wings. And I think sometimes when you grow up in a town, it feels sort of so familiar that um, I just was. I was ready to. I was ready to take the next step. And and so I kind of did my homework. And this is kind of funny. I don't always admit this, but I will with you, Thomas, on the thing. Yes, we got, we got the exclusive yeah, right here. Really here it comes. Exclusive. Oh yeah. You can look this up online. It's frightening. Um, but there was, they were having auditions uh, in Chicago for something called the Miss Hollywood contest. So Dick Clark, you know, from Dick Clark Productions, he was doing this nationwide search. They were going to choose 25 girls from across the country. So there was a talent contest interview. Anyways, I auditioned in Chicago and I was chosen as one of the 25 girls. So it was actually a great opportunity because I went to LA for two weeks on their dime, got to participate in this competition, made it to, I was the first runner up, I think. Um, Alan Thicke was the uh, the host of the show. Wow. Uh, we got to go to Dick Clark's house in Malibu. What? But it was really, it was, oh yeah, it was a blast. But it was a great way to kind of check out LA. And so actually while I was there for the show, I took some interviews with various agents that my Chicago agents had set me up with. So I met with Harrison Goldberg, which is now Innovative Artists. And uh, they were fantastic. And he said, you know, normally we take people with more credits, you know, more film TV credits, but um, I know the school you went to. I respect the theater. The only footage I had, this is funny, but in the Miss Hollywood competition, the five runner, the five top girls had to do an acting scene with a soap opera actor. And that was that was the final, you know, cut. Um, so they had us memorize this scene. The end of the scene, we got to write our own dialogue, which was fun. And so that was kind of the last run of the, the competition. But it gave me just enough footage to also be able to share that with Harrison Goldberg, which, which they appreciated. So long story short, they took a risk and they signed me. They said, let's sign a one-year contract. So I came home uh, after the Miss Hollywood contest telling my parents, I'm going to try LA for a year. And before you left Chicago, did you hit up Pertillo's one last time? <laughs> oh, probably uh, Giordano's or um, gosh, what's the other pizza? Probably was pizza was my last stop. 
Yeah, no, and for people, I, I do like Portillo's. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Portillo's is probably it's. I'm originally from Naperville, so like we used to go there oh, as wow. a kid. It's like you know Chicago style hot dogs and Italian beefs. And uh, okay. coincidentally, uh, there is one in California in Anaheim now. And when I was in LA, oh. I was only like 20 minutes from there. Uh, it was definitely a once a week thing for nostalgia purposes and just, Absolutely. I mean, just it's, you know, it's delicious. If oh, you ever yeah. make it to oh, Chicago, yeah. definitely got to go to Portillo's. But so when you, and going from, you know, Chicago to LA, I mean, we're talking night and day. I mean, you're going from wind chill and snow to right. sunny and 75 all the time. Uh, did you pack right. up and just drive across the country? Did you fly over? How'd you, uh, how'd you make it over there? Good question. Somehow in this transition of winning this show, I won a car. What? <laughs> um, I did. So I think maybe I flew and had them sort of deliver the car to me in Westwood. That's I, was, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's that kind of worked out. That was uh, that was quite a perk. Um, yeah, I lived in Westwood for uh, a while with some girls that went to UCLA. So that was a great spot to start. Um, yeah, and I actually speaking of weather though, I have a vivid memory of calling my mother saying, mom, the did you know that the weather here is absolutely perfect? Like, why do we live in Chicago? This makes no sense to me now <laughs> because it just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. there's no snow drifts, no snow plow. You don't have to worry about messing up your car with the salt on the road. Uh, exactly. Is it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but so what, when you got to LA, what was your, you know, initial mindset when you got there? Like officially? You know, I think my mindset, I had already kind of established you know, the fact that I was in this for the long haul, I was willing to do the work, I was pretty focused. You know, Harrison Goldberg was a great agency. So I was in good hands. And I was just going to do the next right thing. You know, um, I was very fortunate. You know, back then, every audition was live. And, and personally, I really, really like that because you're in the room, they can give you you know, direction right there, and you can make the adjustments. You can give them the sort of confidence in that room that you're a pleasant human being, which is which is not to be underestimated. That matters. Um, that you're going to be easy to work with. That you're fun. Um, that you're present. So I love being in the room. But yeah, I mean, I was I was showing up for those auditions and trying to deliver my best work. So really, within a, I think it was within my first month, I booked the A team. If you remember with Mr. T. I do. Right. <laughs> I do. I, you said that like I may not know. I know what the A team is. <laughs> right? Yeah. So funny. So I was just so fortunate that was that was my first gig. And um, so I just, you know, I just kept doing the next right thing. And uh, I, I will say, and I, I like to share this in the sense that, you know, theater had been my background. And back in the day, there weren't very many film TV classes, you know, on camera classes that you could take. So, you know, I had shot a, McDon a national McDonald's commercial in Chicago. And that is what got me my SAG card, which was huge. But other what's than a that- SAG, And what's a, and sorry, what is a SAG card real quick for people who don't know? Absolutely. The SAG card uh, stands for the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, and now they have actually joined with AFTRA. So it's the Screen Actors Guild and as well as the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. That used to be only for like sort of voiceover work. And now that the unions have joined. So um, being part of the SAG union is, it gives you a, a modicum of credibility for sure, as well as amazing benefits um, and protection. So SAG is, SAG is great. And it was, I think, a, a real bonus for me to have moved to LA with that SAG card. 
for sure. And um, when you got that A team, what was the audition process for the A team? Did you know what it was, or is it one of the? Were they kind of cryptic about it? Um, no, I mean, I would again. They, you know, I had to go pick up the sides. Um, yeah, they're 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 not going to email you those. <laughs> they didn't back then. No. Um, so then I just, you know, I showed up with the casting director, brought in my headshot resume, you know, did the scene, probably did it a few times. Um, they probably filmed it as well. But again, my, my level of experience in front of the camera was really very limited. So I just remember my first day on set, I'm arriving there. I'm in makeup. I'm meeting Mr. T. I'm being, you know, uh, swooped to set for a first rehearsal this is your mark. This is your second mark. Let's do a rehearsal. And then it was lights, camera, action, we're rolling. And it was, it was kind of, it was a lot to process quickly. Now it was a nice role. It was a day's work, but I remember thinking, golly, like I need more training for this. So, and and the stakes are very high when you're on set, you know, you're being paid well, you have stars that are you know, there's an expectation level on our, all fronts. And so that's really one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of what we do at the, our studio is that we're equipping actors to learn what they need to know before they're put in that position where the pressure is very high. That's not where you want to make your mistakes. Make your mistakes in the classroom, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I've heard from multiple people because, you know, the audition process, can, and especially nowadays, can be a little rigorous. And it's like there's already a pressure to even get a call back and then to even be considered for it. But then it's like, okay, now you're on set. And I feel like a lot of people, if they're not prepared, you're a deer in headlights. And I've heard stories, horror stories from actors not being able to to rise to the occasion. And I, that is kind of terrifying. So how did you, how did you like process that pressure? Well, I mean, I think that I'd had enough experience again in the theater. So it was mostly, you know, a technical, technical adjustments, you know, obviously there's blocking on the stage, but it's not to the degree with which you have to drink that cup of coffee at the exact same time, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's different on film. And so, you know, it's kind of learn as you go, I think is really how it rolled. My second role was quite an opportunity, but it was a larger role. But they were very gracious in the sense that they knew my background was in the theater. And they were very patient and willing to kind of guide me along the way with, with technical things maybe I didn't know. But that is definitely not the norm. And do you remember... And we'll, we'll, this is my last question for the A-team thing. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember your lines still? Oh, gosh. I wish I did. Wouldn't that yeah, be funny? Yeah, I, no. even, I need to look that episode up because I would love to see my 20-something self. I was on the Universal Studios, uh, you know, like the tour guide. Oh, yeah. Was like I, was almost, I was almost one of those when I was out there. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's a good job for an actor, actually. But this was like playing the tour guide. I wasn't actually a tour guide. But no, I don't. I'm sorry to say, Thomas, I could make them up on the spot. No, want. that's the thing. I well, and I wonder, though, you may because what if you I wonder if you'd like you've seen the episode again and if it would just like come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Oh, yeah. right. But um, <laughs> and so I know you probably had a lot of jobs after that. But how did you book uh, Full House? You know, again, my agents were strong and I think that they they might have even represented another actor on that show. But, you know, I mean, I was getting auditions all the time. And, 
you know, I had done a number of movies of the week, as well as feature films, as well as a lot of guest spots, some recurring roles. So there was an opportunity to cast Cindy. Cindy was a newly divorced mom that needed to be dating Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I remember that audition uh, like it was yesterday because it was, was so much fun. I was engaged to be married at the time to my present husband. And, you know, I loved the show. I was familiar with the show. So you kind of are walking into a, an environment that, you know, that feels a little bit familiar. You know, sometimes you audition for something, you don't know the show. So hopefully you do your homework and you you get acclimated. But everybody by this time knew Full House. So I knew she was a mom. I knew she needed to be, you know, warm. I needed I knew she needed to be a little bit like a fanatic about cleanliness because she was going to, you know, date Bob Saget, of course. I also knew that she was a mom, which somehow was a, a role that resonates with me. Uh, even though I wasn't a mom at the time, I think I just have a strong maternal instinct. So I remember at the audition, they were pairing us up with kids to be, you know, to audition for the son, for Rusty. Because uh, the first episode was called Terror in Tanner Town. So I remember they paired me up with this kid, little uh, toe-headed blonde boy with a lot of personality and kind of already had a little bit of a natural mischievous about mischievousness about him. Um, and I also thought, you know, I don't have a son, but gosh, if I did He's looked like this kid, you know? <laughs> so we, we, we kind of, you know, kind of went through it a couple of times. I remember there in the waiting room and then went in together and just had fun with it. And I remember thinking, you know, sometimes you walk out of, out of an audition and you think, you know what? That went well. And then you end up getting it. Sometimes you walk and you say, gosh, that went well. And then you don't end up getting it. Sometimes you think that was horrible and you do end up getting it. You just never know. But we had a good time. And uh, fortunately, I booked the role. And I watched it growing up. TGIF was like a huge thing because it was like Family Matters, Full House, Step by Step. And I think there was one more. Perfect Stranger. Oh, is it Perfect Strangers maybe? I, I oh, have to that double. Sounds right. that, that sounds right. right. But how does, yeah, it, right? Yeah. how does it feel to be a part of like such a nostalgic show? I am so, so thankful, truly. Candace Cameron and I actually did an event a number of years ago together. This was before Fuller House. And um, it was just, you know, it's, you're right. I love being part of something that everybody is familiar with and it's just heartwarming. You know, there was somebody, I think there was a person in the show that everybody could relate to, you know, whether it was DJ, whether it was Jesse, you know, so I just, I loved it. I did three episodes and one of my greatest regrets, I have to tell you, Thomas, was that they asked me to be a series regular. They wanted, I think, Danny and I to ultimately get married, Mm -hmm. which um, I loved my agents. They actually advised. They had bigger. Oh, <laughs> they no. Thought, yeah, I, already know, they, I already know where this I is know, going. I know. I know. I know. Um, you know, it was such a good fit for me because I'm a pretty moral person, let's say. So it's just, you know, I love even the the schedule of a, of a sitcom because you show up on Monday, you do that table read, you come back on Tuesday, the writers have tweaked some things. Wednesday, you're blocking and by Friday night, you're filming the show in front of a live audience. So it's to me, it's this wonderful marriage between like live theater and on camera because you have the satisfaction of the audience enjoying it there live in person. And by Friday night, you're done. So it's a really nice schedule. Having done theater for so many years, the theater is awesome, but the schedule is hard on a family because you're doing, you know, two shows on Saturdays, two shows on Sundays, at, you know, while the rest of the world is enjoying your join themselves you're you're working really hard so it's a little bit hard on a family so anyways uh full house was fabulous they're like a family as you would imagine and 
even though I was a new kid on the block, they just did a great job of really welcoming me. And yeah, so thankful. So thankful. And do you ever, and I, I know, I mean, it's unfortunate that your agents advise you not to be a series regular. Do you kind of look at though, like sometimes you got to look at those things. It's like everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, I, I will defend them in the sense that I think that they were afraid they were afraid that there were so many leads on that show that I might get lost. And I think that they had hopes um, for me to continue to do sort of more more film. So so I, I don't I don't judge them for it. Everything absolutely happens for a reason. Um, I love the fact, though, that the show has given me, you know, just just a, an opportunity to speak into particularly young girls lives because there were such fans of that show. So if it gets me a bit of a platform to, you know, inspire young girls to pursue their dreams, gosh, I love that. And did you, by any chance, talk to your agents now about possibly getting on Fuller House on Netflix? Gosh, that's a good idea. <laughs> You're like, hold um, on, I let's have, pause this. I need to make a phone call. Yeah, where, where's, where's my manager to make the call, Thomas? Make the call. Um, I actually did drop a little hint to my agents a couple months ago. I think that would be a great fun. I mean, who is Danny dating now? Is he? Who is he dating now? I watched Fuller House, and it's so funny because, <laughs> like, it's I I went into it with a mindset of like this is going to be terrible, and then, then when I watched it, it was just like all the nostalgia came flowing back. <laughs> I'm just like, even though the acting is it's it's a little pumped up a little bit on some time, right, it's like right. I can't. I can't stop watching it. I just can't. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's no love interest at this point. So, uh, okay. There's gonna, a window. Yeah. There's a window there for sure. Man. <laughs> and, does, and does that, so does, uh, you talk about theater and being in front of a live audience, does that translate also into film as well? Because you were also in father figures with, Ed Helms and Owen Wilson. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love on camera and I love the sort of subtlety that of course, you know, on camera affords. Uh, yeah. Doing that was an absolute blast. One of my favorite opportunities. We shot it in Miami. I was, you know, Terry Bradshaw's wife. Come on people. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much more yeah. fun than that. I was going to say, it sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> I know. I Kidding, know. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's as charismatic as you would imagine. Just so much fun, and um, yeah. So I was his wife, and you know, we had this like incredible house on the beach, and yeah, Ed Helms was just the best, as you would imagine, and so unassuming. He's an Atlanta boy, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that whole opportunity. Lawrence uh, Sure is the one who directed that film, and he was the DP on uh, Wait for It, uh, Joker. Dang. With Joaquin, yeah, yeah, insane. God, I got a million questions for that guy. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. Oh, man. So just a great opportunity. Yeah, just to, and what's it kind of like being around so many professionals like that? Not just the celebrities, like you know, because there's a ton of them in there, but like people behind the scenes who have worked on some of these massive projects. I think it's so important. Um, I think in our own minds, we always think. This is the way I think. You know, I just think of myself sort of very realistically, you know? So it's really important to keep, like you talked about your mindset, your mindset in check. Uh, you're there to do your work and to really not let yourself get intimidated, you know? Otherwise, you can really go, you can psych yourself out, really. We're working as a whole, and every person has an important 
very important part in that puzzle. And, you know, and it's, it's from the gaffer to the best boy to craft services, to the DP, to the director, to the customer. Every person has to be on their game. And so I, I think that that helps me is, um, you know, you have, you may have your moment of intimidation. You may have your moment where you're asking Ed, gosh, what was the office like, you know, and it's, it's, you, you got to, you know, focus back to the work. You're there to do a job and it's a collaboration that to me really helps with the mindset. And we kind of briefly talked about this. So when I was working as a reporter, as an entertainment reporter with Fox, I actually covered that event and talked to Bradshaw and Ed and all them. But did did we figure out, were you there for that LA premiere? I was not there for that LA premiere. Okay, because had that Um, happened and we just, that would have been kind of freaky, but kind of cool. Right? That would have been really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if I had the footage be like, hey, so are you sitting down right now? Like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> right? I know right? We've met before. Yeah, yeah right? We, we Next time, yes. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> in doing and you have so much experience. Like you, you, you've, it sounds like you've kind of done it all. Is there anything that you haven't done yet? Well, I must say, so at the studio, we've developed a show called Life at Stipe. And this has been a fun journey because we've been able to write it, create it, craft the characters, write my own character. And I'm kind of playing myself, uh, which has been an absolute blast. And I'm, I'm playing really, you know, my daughter, you know, Sarah, we, we, we do it together. And um, so that's just been a really great learning curve. Uh, and we crafted it Selfishly, because we wanted to create something, but also we really wanted to benefit our students and give them, again, not just a classroom experience, but a on-set experience. So it's been a great journey, and we've given the kids, you know, we've figured out how to give them that IMDb credit, which is very important in the industry. Um, so that's given them a great sort of little, I think, opening to pursue their dreams and and get their careers going. If that's you know, if that's a passion of theirs. So that's been, that's been a great uh, experience and learning curve there. Gosh, other things I haven't done yet. I just, yeah, I love to work. So I'd love to have like a, not just a recurring role, but I'd love to have a, like a series regular role on something that would be great fun. And what's, what do you think is, is the, is the high different from something like working on a feature film or seeing one of your students succeed? You know what? It's a different. It's a different high for both. And I, and honestly, I wouldn't really want to be uh, apart from either one of those. I, I think I am a natural encourager, and so you know, investing in a student and seeing them progress, and then see opportunities open for them. That's that's thrilling. It really is. It's thrilling. And and they teach. They truly teach me so much when I work with students. Um, there's so much I glean from working with them. But of course, it's. You know, I also was, you know, the kid that wanted to be a cross between Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews when she grew up. So I won't kid you that it doesn't feel good, you know, to uh, to book and to work and do your job well, for sure. And what uh, I know that you've been working with a lot of kids recently via Zoom during the pandemic and everything like that. Um, right. What what would you say you've learned from them recently? Well, I love seeing the way some of them are, you know, kind of owning one of my little, not frustrations, but um, something I'm always looking for in a kid is, do you want this or does mom want this or does dad want this? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't judge parents for that. 
you know, we all have dreams for our kids, but it's so important that the child own it and want it themselves. And, and, you know, I'm not saying you have to know what you want to do with your life when you're eight, but those that really own it, they're so much better off. And so when I see kids during this quarantine time that are writing scripts, that are filming them, that are creating, you know, content, that are, you know, continuing to work, that are, you know, we give them a monologue and they're working it on their own and they're putting it up on social media. And um, that's the kind of ownership that I love to see um, because that's, I think, what this industry requires. It's not for the faint of heart. And why, you, you know, and you have so much experience, why did you start teaching? You know, it's funny. Um, when we first, this is crazy to think about, but so we lived in LA, got married. We had our first child. My husband wanted to start a business with his sister here in Atlanta. So we ended up leaving LA and I'd been there then for about seven, eight years. So when we left, I was like, okay, I'm kind of leaving this dream behind but, you know, you have a child, your priorities begin to change. So we moved to Atlanta. We had our son, Walker. But so during this time, I'm helping at the school. I'm, um, you know, creating, you know, I'm helping with the Festival of Arts at the school. Um, I'm creating uh, the uh, Triple Threat Teens. So we're, we're creating this little drama troupe with, you know, my kids. So I'm always, always have my hand in it. And I'm also doing like industrial films and I'm doing, um, even hosting, uh, some things at, uh, the Georgia World Congress Center, you know, trade shows, because that was the professional kind of work that an actor could get in Atlanta at the time. And then we, as time went on, more and more started coming to Atlanta. And then I realized, wow. This is very exciting. I feel like the industry has followed me to Georgia. Um, not really, but I really felt like, oh my goodness, God has provided another opportunity and maybe a second act for me because there's so much here now. So I'm just so grateful that I've been able to you know, really do both. But so that being said, in answer to your question, in all that time where the industry looked very different here in Atlanta, I was just naturally teaching my, my kids as well as kids at the school. And it just kind of evolved. When Sarah went off to college, I ended up teaching at a performing arts school part-time, uh, teaching acting classes, just because I, I, I enjoyed it and had that bent. I guess that answer, does that answer your question? <laughs> it did, no, it does. Yeah. And uh, and I definitely want to go uh, back to that. But real quick, when you left LA, what was the feeling when you left? Were you scared or were you excited or was it a little mix of both? At that point in time, it was definitely a mix of both. You know, again, I had gone to LA with so many dreams. I think again, my priorities had begun to change, and I, you know, and I was married, and I don't know. I, I think that I felt to that I was maybe ready for a change at that time in my life, but but it was definitely filled with mixed feelings. I remember literally, literally, the night before we left, there was an earthquake. We were living in a Palos Verdes area at the time, and there was literally an earthquake. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm ready to go because it was, uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't need one of the, any, any of these anytime again soon. Cause they were, they're scary. Um, but now in retrospect, um, you know, there's a quality of life that you can have in the Southeast in Georgia that, that I'm so thankful for. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't regret it. No. And that's, and that's great. Do you find you're getting more work in the Southeast than you were on the West coast or is it about the same? I think what's been honestly a little bit hard is, you know, when I lived, I'm, I'm being transparent. Oh, well, um, when I lived in LA, I was 
single. I was ambitious. I my time was my own, and I had a manager. At the same, Bill Malamed was my manager. He also represented Julie Louise Dreyfus, which is awesome. Um, he's no longer a manager. He's a great guy. But so I was up for, you know, role, you know, you sort of have, have re- reached a point in your career where you're logically going out for a certain level of role. I mean, I wasn't a household name, but I was a woman that was being cast as the guest star that was the recurring character. But so I guess you could say that I took a step back when I decided to move. I took a step out. So when you enter back in, you're kind of at a different level. And and, and no slam against Atlanta, but having an Atlanta agent here local is going to be different than having an agent and manager that's at a pretty high level in LA. Do you think it's possible to do both or, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, you know, when I signed with my agency here in Atlanta, they asked me if I was opposed to going back to LA for certain stuff. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, but I feel like nowadays, like you could have both. Is that something you'd be interested in or is a possibility at this point? Oh, I would love that. Honestly, I've, I've definitely toyed with maybe getting a manager, um, maybe getting representation out in LA or even New York. Cause yes, I feel like now I'm in a season of life where, I mean, yes, we're in this COVID strange world right now, but I would, you know, I can travel and I, and I would like to. So yeah, that's definitely something I've given a lot of thought to. So what's stopping you? (laughs) What's stopping me? I think some of it is who are the managers and how do I get to them? You know, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was going to say, because I mean, you would know more about this than me. Um, Like even, you know, sending and you probably already know this, but sending feelers out through your current, you know, you, I'm sure you still have some contacts out in L.A. Or I think the agency I'm even with, they have connections out in L.A. too. So I'm sure you could work, work your magic somehow, some way. Because that would be mm-hmm. super cool to be tri-coastal, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you you know, going to LA for work. I still, <laughs> I always tell people yeah. I've never been to New York, but I've been to China, which makes <laughs> no sense at all. If you can handle China, you can handle New York. Is that what that, you that's what people tell me. I don't know why it's so intimidating to me. I've de- uh, I oh, don't funny. know why, but I need to once everything oh, calms funny. back down. I'll uh, definitely need to go back out there. But to uh, to kind of circle back to oh, yeah. Stipe Studio, um, when did you guys officially open? Uh, yes. And I just, I don't want to circle back on the things we talked about right there. Because, you know, for such a time as this, this may be the time where I do make some of those those steps. I don't think it's impossible. You know, I just, I just think, and what's, what's exciting too, is I don't mean to diminish the Southeast because I think that our talent pool is only getting better and better. And I also see, I think you're seeing it too. You know, Outer Banks is a great example of some Southeast talent that booked an amazing show that's now like number one on Netflix. So the opportunities are, you know, we're all self-taping from anywhere. So I think the opportunity is out there. So Oh, it's let's it, let's hear it. No, it's well. That's the thing. So I think it's. I almost look at Atlanta as almost like a sleeping bear because look, I know L.A. is L.A., New York is New York. They are the top, whatever. I guess it really just depends on what you're going for. Um, because like me as a host and you know a, a commercial actor, I couldn't. Get, it was just a struggle 
Like it was bad. And when I came back here, I'm still getting no's, but I'm still get I'm at least getting up to bat and getting to swing. I would rather hear no's all day. As long as I know that I got in front of people and I have gotten way more opportunities to swing the bat here than there, but I'm also right. more on the hosting commercial side uh-huh. uh, rather than like the acting acting side. Um, but still, I mean, once again, that's how I, <laughs> and I'm sure Sarah told you, that's how I met her was through, right. we all did a Food Network spot together. Fantastic. Right. But right. That- well, I think, I think the mere fact that, you know, you're getting in front of them, you know, that means they're going to hopefully remember you because you're making your impression. And then when there's that right fit, the door will open, hopefully, right? Exactly. And I just think that Atlanta still is, or the Southeast isn't obviously LA or New York, but I could easily see it being a contender for sure. And, you know, uh, here in the future. And I really think when you start to, you know, do your thing on your side, I am pretty confident you can be a tri-coastal actress as well. Oh, well, thank you, Thomas. That's encouraging. As soon as, as but I'm going to comment though on your IG when you're like, I'm going to LA. Like, I knew it. (laughs) It was (laughs) just that one phone call. (laughs) I just needed that little push from Thomas. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so, yeah. And I love though how you guys are giving back and, you know, I'd love for you to tell me about Stipe Studio and how awesome it is working with your daughter. You know, she's a fireball, that girl. Um, this I kind of love to tell the story because literally when she was 12 years old, we're uh, living in a neighborhood of about 100 homes. And she says, Mom, let's put on a show. Let's put on The Wizard of Oz. I said, great. How can I help? So she wanted to cast the neighbors. So we created a flyer. We put it in the mailboxes. Oh. And, and and This is a whole <laughs> different level of commitment oh, here. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're committing. And again, she's 12. And she wasn't even in the show, Thomas. She directed the show. So we transformed our living room. We had the flying monkeys coming down from upstairs. And, you know, it was uh, a, a condensed version. It was, you know, it was the junior version, I'm sure, of The Wizard of but we did it. And so really that we kind of joke about that was sort of the birth of Stipe Studio. So every summer, even when you know she'd be away at college, but every summer, we would co-direct a musical and we would do a couple weeks and we would do a show in a week. And we loved it. And kids loved it. One summer we had like 65 kids in a show each week. And we would rent out maybe a high school theater or maybe a local theater. Uh, we'd used various church auditoriums in the past. but So it was a regular summer thing, but then it kind of evolved into this year-long studio. So, so what we do now is we equip and train students for stage and screen. And we have students as young as five years old. We have students as old as 63 years old, you know, people of all ages. And so we do do musicals, but we're really particularly focused on the film and television market and helping kids understand, you know, what's it like to work in front of the camera? What's a strong self-tape? You know, developing them as actors, helping them learn the technical side as well and helping them even get in front of agents. So, you know, we work with kids one-on-one. If we see a kid that has real talent, we'll help create a demo reel for them. And I will send a personal note to the agents that I have relationships with and say, hey, I encourage you to take a look at this kid. And a number of them have... uh, gotten signed and are really on their way. When you saw Sarah like directing and all that stuff, it did like a tear go down your face. Like that's me. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, I don't know that it was a tear so much as like, this is fantastic. You know, like what's funny about her too is, I mean, you know, I would again, kind of direct the show amongst my family, but she has 
far more directing, natural directing skills than I do. I'm, I'm kind of the soft side and she's like the taskmaster. Let's get this done. They call it the velvet brick because the kids know, kids know that she loves them and cares about them, but she is very take charge. So she really gets it done. So yeah, I don't know if it's a tear so much as just like a it's just a genuine joy. You know, when, when your own kid really does and genu- genuinely enjoy so many of the same things that you do, it makes for a lot of fun parenting years. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. as a parent, but I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. in, in how cool is it though? You guys get to work together though. And trick, cause I see you guys on Instagram, like training these kids, whether obviously now on zoom, but even in the classroom uh, yeah. to kind of see their progression as well. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great to see kids just you know taking taking it to the next level. Um, it's really exciting. And didn't yeah, one year a- and didn't one year students just recent? I can't. I wish I would have had his name. Didn't he just book something? Didn't you have the? Didn't he books? I don't know if it was Modern Family, but it was something. I can't remember. One year students um, just booked something big. When he was a he was a kid, and I can't remember. Um, gosh, we've had a kid on NBC, uh, Good Girls. Okay. Have a student on Dynasty, on MacGyver, um, on And how old are these kids, by the way? Oh, gosh. Um, some are like six. Jeez. Some are 10. Uh, some are 12. And they're already yeah. booking these like major roles. Yes. I mean, one of the, you know, the exciting things about working with the younger kids is the expectation is they're not going to have this incredibly long resume. You know, we're looking for kind of a raw, natural talent and potential um, and a comfortability uh, and a real sense of self. So it, I, I think it's really kind of fun because it's it's kind of finding an undiscovered gem when you see a kid that has that kind of natural raw talent. I think I guess I must have a natural talent scout in me because I mean I can be I can be at the grocery store and and literally see a kid and I don't know I just feel like I can tell if a kid maybe has what it takes. Have you done that? Have you scouted before and just been like, hey, uh, I don't know what's going on, but just this is who I am. Give me a call. Um, believe it or not, I actually have. I gave a, a mom my card once in a grocery store, literally. I saw a girl in a Starbucks that I had seen in a public school show and she was the standout. So I approached her dad carefully with my card <laughs> and said, um, your girl has really something special. And so she signed up for our camp and she was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Pat yourself on the back there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's fun. And and the parents play such a key role in the whole process too. So they're a fun part of the journey. Is it, is it hard to manage the parents as well? Because you hear stories of stage parents. Um, I'll be honest with you, Thomas, like what's hard, you never can say never, you know, there's always those stories of people that make it. And you then you hear their stories of how many times they were said, yeah, you don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. So you never you never want to say that because you really never know. But there are times where there's an impatience that you kind of can sense from maybe a parent or maybe a student. And uh, it's just a little a check of, you know, why do you want this? Do you really want this? Or is it the fame of the popularity? You know, just there's always that sort of caution, but yeah, those, those are hard. Those can be hard conversations. I'm a firm believer that everybody, like nobody has been not given something special to do with their life. Right. You know, everybody to me is created in God's image with something amazing to offer the world. And it might be this thing and it might be being a forest ranger, or it might be, you know, being a school teacher or whatever it might be. 
they're not better or worse. So I, I love, you know, helping somebody find their passion, find their thing is, is so important. But I think it, we have to be careful that, you know, you don't misread the tea leaves, so to speak, sometimes. And what would you say the biggest difference between finding passion in a child as opposed to an adult? Yeah, find, can you clarify that? Like finding yeah, passion. Yeah, like, no, like, yeah. So you work. So you work with you work with kids, and you you said you work with adults. You know, um, as old as sixty. So when you're trying to find your, or you know get that passion out of them, and or just even work with them in general, what would right? you say the biggest difference is between the two? This is I don't know what the difference is. Uh, one of the consistencies you're always looking for where is this? Where does this actor fit? And the casting director is always asking that as well. So like the 63-year-old man that I've worked with, he fits so clearly in a type. And that's only going to help him because the casting director is going to know what to do with him. He is a real life professor. He is, you know, so those are, those are going to, and his look agrees with his vibe, agrees with his personality. So casting directors like that. And I would say the same for a kid. The difference, you know, both both need to be trained. Both need to have a sense of confidence. Both need to be willing to be, you know, literally just responsible. So I, I, I think the difference maybe would be is that sometimes with older actors, there's an expectation that there's a more there's a longer resume. You know, if you're if you're 55, you probably should have some sort of body of work to be cast. But if you're seven, we're not going to have that same expectation. So there is that difference. But that's not to say we hear of actors that, you know, get an open door for a one or two liner when they're 65. And then they continue to work. That's what I'm so, talking about. Yeah. The, what do they call under fives? Is that what they're called? Right. Yes. Yeah. Sign me up for those. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Sign me up hey, for those. Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's, it's a building block. So you just keep doing the next right opportunity. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, one last question is if somebody came to you, regardless if they're, you know, a child actor or an adult actor, but they were like, Hey, I love what you do here at Stipe Studio. I really think I want to get into this business. What do I do and where do I start? I would go to our website, Stipe Studio. And uh, from there, you can email me or Sarah. There's contact information. To me, the, the best first starts would be to be in a class. And if you can afford it, do the one-on-one. Uh, a one-on-one is going to afford you much more personalized, specific kind of training and help. Uh, but being in a class, of course, is extremely valuable. So that's where I would start is a class or a one-on-one coaching. But I would also say we're helping a lot of actors create their actors access profile and creating that gives them opportunity to audition, you know, even for like, say, student films. You know, we've got SCAD here in Atlanta and there you know, so many really solid student films are being made. Great opportunity to get onset experience, get some training, get it on your resume. You know, casting directors love seeing that on a resume, a good student film. Yeah. Just a great way to put your toe in the water for sure. And what type of classes do you guys offer? We offer, we kind of do it by age. We have on camera one, two, and three. So on camera one is going to be those one prerequisite we have is that kids know how to read. So, you know, we have kids that, you know, maybe are five years old that want to sign up for the class. If they're able to read, we can work with them. Otherwise, we'd probably rather do a one-on-one coaching with a five-year-old that doesn't read yet, perhaps. Um, But yeah, so on camera one, two, and three. And again, like 
so on camera three is more more advanced middle school student or high school student. So that's on camera three. Then we also have a showcase class, which is a little more musical theater oriented. And then our Life at Stipe uh, show, we actually run like a class so that um, we have rehearsals, which is, you know, it might be rehearsal, it might be classwork, and then we film uh, typically on Saturdays. And do you guys do any type of uh, commercial acting classes as well? We occasionally will work on commercials in, in a class setting. We definitely do, but we don't have a commercial class per se. And is it like, I'm a grown adult last time I checked. Uh, if I were to sign <laughs> up, uh, uh, if I were to sign up for one of your classes, would I be, you know, for people who are listening to this, who are in the Southeast, uh, would I be in the class with these kids or is it separate? We have in the past had small adult classes. It's a little bit harder, believe it or not, to get adults. We're out sort of in the suburbs, so to speak. And so it seems like a lot of younger professional actors tend to be in the city. So an adult actor, I would say definitely a one-on-one coaching with any of our team would be great. And again, the, the schedule that I'm quoting you is the schedule that we've had for this spring semester. What the fall holds, we have not set that schedule yet. But I kind of think that we want we want to be offering more and more workshops. We've got Raven Drummer. We were all set to do a workshop with her when COVID hit, but we want to have more and more casting directors come in and uh, speak to what's going on. And um, so I would stay tuned because we don't want to leave the adult actor uh, out in the cold for sure. Awesome. And real quick, can you tell us the website one more time and where we can find you on social? Absolutely. Uh, Stipe Studio is the name of uh, our website as well as our Instagram. It's Stipe is just my last name, S-T-I-P-E, Stipe Studio. And I am Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Stipe. I'm with People's Store Talent Agency and uh, big fans of theirs. And I'm on the I'm on the gram as well, as you know, Thomas. I have a lot of fun with it. All right. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I so enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training. So that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in on camera professionals and I'll see you there.